Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Great to be with you, Tim. Uh, about that mid-year budget, the supplemental budget, amendments to the budget, the big budget that you passed last year. Of course, last year, a very difficult budget climate. They're always difficult. Last year, unprecedented in terms of the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, your thoughts on the way we navigated that process, you folks in the legislature, and any significant changes that were made with the mid-year budget? Well, Tim, I was really proud that, that uh, we took immediate action, and we were in session. That was one of the things that helped us a lot. But we were in session, and we could work with the governor to immediately try to address potential shortfalls in our budget. And one of the things I give a lot of credit to is Governor Kemp in keeping Georgia open for business. If you look around at the other uh, 49 states in America, said they, uh, I don't think there's any of them that are uh, quite as robust as Georgia is right now. And that's because he's kept a pro-business uh, attitude and kept our economy afloat. And that's where, for me, I was proud of what we were able to do in the supplemental budget and still do some things to to help uh, our citizens out. It's just, it's a, uh, you you can't spend what you don't have. And we are constitutionally required to stay within our limits. Uh, Now, one of the things that's out there in terms of, uh, I suppose this is a part of the mid-year budget, you tell me, but this business of bonuses, one-time bonuses uh, for for certain state workers, primarily those making less than, I think it's $80,000 a year. Uh, Help me understand where we're finding that money. Are those federal dollars that are being dispensed by the state, or how's that working? Well, I will say that that there's a good bit of federal money that has come trickled down from uh, due to the pandemic. And, you know, Tim, I, I use the expression a lot of times, if you give me two $10 bills, I put one in my left pocket, one in my right pocket, I still got $20. So, you know, I'm not going to play the shell game of, of, okay, where's the money coming from? How are we doing this? And the, uh, uh, that's one of those things that, for me, uh, I'm glad that we were able to do it. Said the, uh, all of our, our funds that we're spending, I know they're taxpayer money. Said the, uh, and that's one of the things that uh, we've had a lot of, our employees in the state that are uh, handling a difficult time like a lot of our citizens in the state. So we want to try to make sure we're doing the best we can for our employees of the state and for the citizens of Georgia. Uh, Senator Frank Genn with us. Uh, another part of that mid-year budget, the governor some outlays for broadband expansion, getting uh, better Internet access to rural parts of the state. I know your district, Madison County, you're in Madison County, about half of Athens, but other parts of northeast Georgia less, shall we say, urban than Athens. I know that you get a little bit north, you get into Franklin County, and everybody starts griping about the, the Internet coverage up there, specifically Windstream, for whatever reason people seem to have issues with those folks still. Uh, I don't know that we in Athens appreciate just how difficult it can be in other parts of the state, uh, the less populous parts of the state, to get that broadband access. What will this money do to help? Well, the governor's allotted $20 million to go in and and work to to push broadband into areas to do some things as incentives. $20 million is not a lot of money when you start looking at the state of Georgia and trying to get broadband across the state. 
for me, one of the things that I, I tell you, it's been kind of interesting for me, Tim. I'm serving this year as the chair of the Transportation Committee. And one of the things that we've been trying to work with the Department of Transportation on is what we're expending on right-of-way fees and, and some of the proposals that they've had on how they charge utilities that are putting, uh, whether it be Internet or power or gas or whatever, up and down our state highways. Well, you know, one of the things that they had come up with a proposal that was really going to devastate the industry and make it so much harder. And one of the things I, I'll compliment my predecessors at the Brandon Beach and, and our DOT board, as well as Commissioner McMurray, that they saw what that would do to stopping Internet into rural Georgia, and they since backed off of that idea. They said, no, we, we want to work with the industry to get broadband pushed out to rural parts of Georgia and to serve uh, the citizens. One of the things that's been amazing for me on this pandemic is people have realized, hey, if I have broadband service at my home, I might not have to go to work in an office every day. I can do a lot of things remotely. And it's changed our society quite a bit the, uh, in a lot of positive ways with that. Uh, get out here on, on I-85 this morning and uh, traffic moving at, at almost uh, posted speed limits. So <laughs> when you start looking, this will change what we do in America for years. And getting the broadband out to people is one of those things that we're dedicated to do in the, the study. Uh, Senator Frank Gim with us, Madison County Republican, uh, day 18 of this year's legislative session. You mentioned the pandemic, obviously front and center now. The coronavirus vaccine distribution, uh, the efforts ongoing, first to get the vaccine here and then to get it distributed once it is here. Your assessment of the work done so far and the work yet to be done? We're making a lot of progress. One of the things for me, I've, I've met with... Uh, for you know our, our medical folks, I met with different industry people. They're, the difficulty is, is, is you just don't do that overnight. And for me, uh, I'm I'm proud to see that we're moving the, the uh, forward on that. One of the things that uh, I, I hope that the manufacturers of the vaccine can get it to us because I think we've got the channels now to get it out to the public. And that's where uh, it's it's been a challenge to get it started. It's like a, a big ship. You don't go from zero to 60 and nothing. So you got to uh, work and, and get the infrastructure in place. And we've gotten those opened up. And I think that we can get those vaccines into the arms of our citizens. Another few minutes with Senator Frank. Again, I, I don't know if it was last year, year before. You and I have talked about this within the last few years anyway. Uh, this business of restructuring the legislature itself. I'm noting this week there's a bill out there. I don't know if it's House or Senate, but there's a bill out there that effectively speaks to term limits. Would, would place would do two things. Would place limits on the number of terms you could serve and would also double the tenure in the Senate. Uh, right now, and I've always been a little mystified by this. There's no real incentive to seek House or Senate one above the other. They pay the same. You serve the same term. This idea now is to double the, the tenure of a senator from two to four years. Uh, where, if anywhere, is this going? I'm not sure where it's headed. I think that uh, Senator Greg Dolezal from over in Forsyth County has, has introduced the legislation. I, I've seen it. For me, I, I do agree that, that one of the things that 
uh, running every two years. You know, we elect city and county officials for four-year terms. I would like to see where, you know, we have a four-year term so that you're not constantly in the the running for office for simply the reason that you have to, in order to run for office, you have to raise a lot of money. And a lot of people, you know, realize that, hey, there's a lot of money having to be spent in the political world. If you didn't see any ads for our our congressional races, said they, uh, you had to have been under a rock, said they. And when we start looking at what was going on with the U.S. Senate races and, and the things for the last month or two, they, uh, now those people are elected every six years. And, of course, we had a little bit unusual circumstances this past year. But the, the problem that we deal with on the, the state House and the state Senate is we have to turn around and run every two years, and we've got to raise the funds to be able to get that message out. I think it would reduce a lot of the, the funds in uh, the, the campaigns, and, and that's what a lot of people want to see is to, to why are we having to raise so much money to, to do that. So I think extending the term is a good idea. The, uh, I, I think one of the things when we start looking at term limits, said the, I haven't, uh, don't know exactly what he listed in term limits. I, I know there are a lot of things that occur because of somebody's seniority. One of the things, if you put a term limit on uh, elected officials, you empower the, the bureaucrats that run different agencies or different departments. So you have to be careful. There's a cross-pollination in that, that situation. And finally, quickly, I know this is a big question. We only have a minute or so left here, so apologies for asking a large question and wanting a short answer. But election reform, I know there's like 20 bills out there. Uh, which ones matter most to you, and what's the likelihood of getting anything done? I think that we will see some things happen. For me, I don't want to make it any harder for a Georgia citizen to vote. What we want to do is make sure that we're protecting the integrity of their vote. Somebody votes illegally, said they, uh, they're taking away your vote and my vote. And I will give you – I signed on to a bill yesterday that Senator Max Burns the, uh, is introducing. And, and basically, he he did some math on – what was happening with absentee ballots. And we found out that there were certain individuals in the state that had uh, requested uh, the, into the dozens and dozens of absentee ballot applications at their location. And to me, one, one individual applying for multiple absentee ballots, something's wrong with that picture. Said they, uh, you know, it only takes one ballot per person. And ballot harvesting in Georgia is illegal. And to me, I, I don't know all the ins and outs of the numbers that he gave us, but for me, I, I said there's a there's a problem in some of the things that we see with absentee voting. Uh, Senator Frank Ginn, Madison County Republican Senator Frank Ginn, again representing about half of Athens in the Georgia Senate. Best of luck moving forward. Thanks for your time this morning. Great to be with you, Tim. Ho- hope you can stay warm today. We'll try. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S.com, code SUPER24.